Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Harth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 21, We Didn't Get Here by Accident. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's been a month since we've talked. Yeah, we just don't talk when we're outside of this podcast. There's no talking. Yeah. It's gotten to a point in our relationship where sex is really awkward. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just, just no no talking. <laughs> Hi mom. Oh my god. Uh it's so like <laughs> we're at a point where it's kind of like it almost kind of reminds me of like Synecdoche, New York, which you haven't seen, mm-hmm. um, or maybe we watched it and you can't remember. Yeah, but like where you're just kind of like documenting it. every single aspect of your life. Yeah, I don't feel like I've seen or it. or it's like the Truman Show or the sort of like knockoff Truman Show movie that came out around the same time as the Truman Show, Ed mm-hmm. TV, starring Matthew McConaughey, which I never saw. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's like where he agreed to be in sort of like some reality show, essentially, where they just like mm-hmm. filmed him all the time. It was very weird because it, it was, I feel like in the, this is jumping right into things, but I feel like in like the sort of like 90s, uh, yeah, like mid to late 90s, there was this whole trend of movies that seem very similar coming from different studios. So you had yeah. like Volcano and Dante's Peak, you had Mars Attacks and Independence Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. deep impact in Armageddon, mm-hmm. and it just was this weird sort of trend of like movies that were essentially the same subject matter, different studios, different cast, different stories. But totally, I mean, but weird. like, yeah, I, and then I, Truman Show on Ed TV. Yeah, and so like you're talking about more like the kind of like supernatural sci-fi kind of stuff. Because, like, I feel like you could say that for like romantic comedies, oh, sure. and then like you know, if we're also getting into like, I remember when when I was in, like, middle school, high school, and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were all coming out at the same time. People were like, what is this sudden resurgence into fantasy? Like, yeah. you know, like, I think that there's, yeah, and perhaps, I mean, like, I don't know. It's like, it, it makes me think about how, like, you know, as a business, we're, we're currently in, in Q4, and we're thinking about, like, our MGOs for 2020, our mission goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, you know, we decide based on the market, like, what is, like, the important thing to focus on. I wonder if movies are influenced by a certain, by, like, a similar thought process of, like, this is what the people are hungry for now. I would imagine so. You know, yeah. But it's just, it was always just an interesting trend to me. Where it's Totally. And there would be the one, like, it always felt like there was a movie that was, like, out of the, out of the two, there was the one that was, like, clearly better. Yeah, but that makes me think of, like, um, DreamWorks and Pixar, Yeah, too. Like, how there's been kind of, like, this in tandem, or at least in the beginning there was. Yeah. Like, especially with, like, Ants and Bugs Life. Yeah. There were, and, like, I feel like there were a few, oh, yeah, like, Shark's Tale and Finding Nemo. Like, there were a yeah. few like that as well. Yeah, but, like, Ants and Bugs Life actually has a history. There's, like, a whole backstory there. Uh, which should probably go in the show notes. We got to find this. But it's like okay. this fascinating thing where it's like, I can't remember if it was like an ex, I think he was like an ex Disney executive got mm-hmm. forced out and decided to like go to DreamWorks. Yeah, I think I remember this story. It was really fascinating. Was that something that like Mikey maybe highlighted or something like that? Patrick H. Willems, perhaps? Perhaps. Perhaps. One of those two, I think. Um, opinionated white men about cinema. Yeah. Um, Are there any other kind? 
Alas, for humanity, no. (laughs) So this Uh, is what we talk about when we haven't spoken to each other after a month. Right, exactly. Weird movie parallels. Uh Uh-huh. And opinionated white men. What else has been giving you life lately? Uh, probably Tim Rogers. Anytime Tim Rogers comes up in our YouTube queue, um, you your mood noticeably lifts. Yeah, he he brings me an immense amount of joy. Um, we seem to go in these waves, like we have these sort of like trends that happen where it's like we get obsessed with certain YouTube personalities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they stick with us. Like, I feel like we're kind of the same with Bon Appetit. Like, yep. just across the board, it, there's almost nobody in that kitchen where we're, like, where we won't just drop everything to watch their video. Correct. Um, but there have been others where we're just kind of like, okay, like, nah, let's. But Tim Rogers, I think, for the past few months has been this YouTuber. He's a video game reviewer, professional video game expert, really. Truly, if we wanna if we wanna give <laughs> yeah. him his proper title. So he's he's a professional video game expert. He writes and does videos for Kotaku.com, which is a video game website. Mm-hmm. And he is somebody that I think just really closely aligns with how like my sense of humor. Like yeah. he just makes stuff that really tickles me. His writing style is fantastic. Like I'm a huge fan of the way he plays with words how he strings thoughts together and also how he just tends to find uh, all of the things that he likes Mm -hmm. about certain like uh, what games really but about uh, just in general like he's a he's a an enthusiast it seems yes Um, and there are a lot of people that I think spend a lot of time picking things apart Mm -hmm. and he kind of like picks things apart but about the stuff he likes and and by picking apart I mean talks about all the little nitty-gritty details of why he likes this particular thing. And so he gets really geeky. Mm-hmm. His knowledge is encyclopedic and just completely uh, unbelievable. Yeah, like, his memory is for this for this art yes. is like incomparable. Yes. It's wild. And so he's just somebody that like whenever one of his videos comes out, it's just like puts a smile on my face. I know that even if it's a game, like there was a game that just came out called Death Stranding. Yep. I had essentially zero interest in this game when it was being developed. I watched a couple of the trailers that as they came out and like wasn't really paying attention to it because like Hideo Kojima is like the guy who make, made the game with his, his team. Like it's directed by him. I'm not typically a huge fan of his uh style yeah like his stories tend to be pretty convoluted and just bizarre and out there and weird um and the games can be fun um but this one just seems so out there and sort of like self-indulgent that i just had little to no interest yeah all the gameplay i saw seemed really one note and boring totally i mean i even remember a trailer dropping for death stranding a few months ago and it happened to hit my Twitter feed. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so it goes. And I and I remember watching it and going, what is this hot mess? Yeah. What is this hot mess? Yeah. And I sent it to you and I was like, oh, no. And you were like, yeah, zero interest in that game. Yeah. And I'd say Tim Rogers has essentially single-handedly turned my 
zero interest around into actual, like, I don't want to say enthusiastic interest. But, like, substantial interest. But to the point where, like, I actually want to play the game now. Yeah. It's given me a new perspective on it. It makes me kind of want to, like, go in there with sort of, like, a a very different mindset than I would play usual games. Yeah. Because I think with video games, I tend to go in, I'm like, how am I going to have fun with this? Um, what's the gameplay going to be like? What are like what sort of mechanics? What sort of loops have they created? This one seems like I'm, I'm like it's going to be a very different experience that you kind of have to come from a different perspective to really enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, which I like want to do now. So totally, yeah. Okay. No, it looks like an interesting, an interesting, and maybe like punishing game. Yeah, yeah. Um, with a you know. A twist. So what's giving you life? So I'm training for an 8K, which is a little under five miles. Uh, That is happening on Thanksgiving Day, which is six days from when we are recording today. Um, So by the time this episode is released, I will have accomplished that, which is exciting. Or perished. Or perished in the attempt to accomplish it. This will be really awkward if that's what happened. It'll be my in memoriam podcast. Yeah. You'll edit it and do the show notes for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That seems appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like, you know, a good way to handle your grief or your joy, whichever way it makes you feel. Yeah. The way I cope with everything is just editing performing podcasts. and editing podcasts. <laughs> yep. Uh, I will remember you. I'll just loop that. Da, da, da. Anyway, um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I haven't really intentionally run mm-hmm. in like three years. Yeah. Um, like I've done like, you know, short runs and this, that and the other just to stay relatively fit. Um, but it has not been nearly as consistent as it has been lately. Um, and it feels really good to be able to do that. Um, and something else that feels really good. I think this betrays my my ISFJ personality type, these things that I'm telling you I'm enjoying right now. But um, I recently did some calculations and um, some math to see, like, what the best um, benefits plan is going to be for us in 2020. Um, And I've put, like, financial plans together so that we can save up to have really nice vacations every year while paying down our debt in a really strategic way so that we'll be out of debt. Like, I think it's, like, 16 years sooner than we would have been if we'd just paid the minimums. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there those things, honestly, make me feel really good. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny. I was going to ask you a completely different question today. <laughs> Um, but seeing your eyes light up when you started bringing up <laughs> one math and two finances, uh, was they're just like a very, usually. well, yeah, but it's just like, they're like, I'm pretty okay at math. Like, yeah, I don't really particularly enjoy it, but like I, I can do it just fine. Sure. Like, I mean, there's so many tools but, out there that help you do math. It's not like I'm sitting there and doing like the addition and like you know, annual percentage yield calculations in my head. Sure. But also like taking on to the, the financial planning aspect. Sure. And this is something that over the course of the past few months, especially, mm-hmm. um, but really like, I don't know. I think there have been elements of this since I've known you. Um, you're pretty focused on having uh, good finances and more importantly, a plan for the future. 
Yeah. And so I am very curious about how much you love financial planning <laughs> of all things. <laughs> Okay. Enjoy trying to make this interesting. All right. Okay. All right. No, that's a really good challenge. That's a good challenge. So, um, so okay, I, I would even say five years ago, I probably wasn't really um, focused on finances mm-hmm. that much. Um, I grew up in a in an upper middle class life. Like I never had to think about if we were going to eat or if there was a place for me to sleep, like I've had those privileges my whole life and had the opportunity to have pretty decent paying jobs when I was in high school and college, showing dogs and doing that sort of work. And I think that that privilege blinded me to um, how critical it is to be financially self-aware, despite my parents and all of the adults around me really trying to instill in me, like, you know, um, smart financial acumen and practices. Um, Yeah, like, we didn't get here by accident. (laughs) Totally. We didn't get here by accident. And I don't even know, you know, here's the thing is that, like, I think with my parents, I don't know if we ever talked about, like, I worked really hard and I had to get here by being, like, really thoughtful about my savings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll say that even, even the opposite, perhaps, like, my my dad tended to be like, you know, listen, you shouldn't have to worry about money. Don't worry about it. When I was smaller. Yeah. And we had some changes like when I was in middle school or high school that kind of like we went from being like like the kind of family that went to Mexico every year on vacation to the kind of family that was like, we're not going on vacation this year. Yeah. Um, but like we still like, you know, every few years we would go somewhere and we would enjoy something. And like, again, like my mom was able to cart me to dog shows and pay for voice lessons and, and do all this stuff. And so I don't want to say that like I still didn't have an incredibly privileged upbringing. Mm-hmm. I always did. But my mom especially was like, you have to be smart with your money, save your money, save your money, save your money. Um, and for me, it felt like this like direction that I was being given, like this, like, you know, you have to do this. And I was like, I earned this money. Yeah. Screw you, mom. Rebellious Um, teen. Yeah. And like, and the thing is, is even from a young age, I really wanted to, and this was a problem for me for a long time. I wanted to share my resources with people because like I felt safe. Um, and I wanted to be able to treat other people to nice things. Um, to the point where it's like I bought a friend a Wii when I was in college, yeah. which was like a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a friend of mine in high school who like needed to pay for something. I can't even remember. And I think I gave her like my like basically my entire savings. And then my mom found out and she was like, absolutely not. You were getting that money back. And so I had to negotiate that conversation. Um, there was like a there was like a lot of like me wanting to sacrifice my financial well-being to temporarily improve the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And, like, perhaps that's tied to, like, feeling like I had to buy people's friendship. I don't ever think that that felt that resonated with me. It was more just like, I don't need it. You can have it um, kind of a mentality. Um, and that kind of mentality stuck with me for a long time, I think even until, like, the beginning of our friendship probably, mm-hmm. where I was, like, treating people to dinners that I really probably couldn't afford. Um, because I just wanted to remove the worry from other people. 
Right. So um, a couple things happened in like my early adult life that kind of changed things for me. Um, one, my mother, bless her, she locked away a couple thousand dollars that I had earned in a CD that I was not allowed to touch for a few years um, without a penalty. Um, two, I very stupidly got myself into a few thousand dollars of credit card debt, like mm-hmm. four four digits, nothing nothing too major, but still significant. Yeah. Um, and my parents had to help me put a financial plan together and help me figure out how to get out of that debt. And three, the people that I showed dogs for um, are very much people who grow up mm, blue collar, middle class, built their own business, like, you know, and were able to like build their own house in New Mexico and do all of and like show dogs and have this this active life Mm -hmm. um, and be business owners and, and do pretty well for themselves. Um, and when they were like, here's what you need to do with your money, I was like, yes, I shall listen to you. Um, because you know, they, in my mind, they had, I think they had some, a kind of respect that I couldn't give to my parents. Um, they're not your parents and not your parents that helps lend a lot of perspective. It does. And like, I admired their life story, I think. Right. And really it's just, I mean, like, it's like what anybody says, it's just like, you put a tiny bit of money away and then like you and like you do it through like direct deposit. You do it in the most painless way possible where you don't even miss the money mm-hmm. and you make ends meet with the money that you keep for spending. And then all of a sudden you like you're like, oh, I wonder how that savings account is doing. And you look and you're like, holy crap, I have hundreds. I have thousands of dollars. How did this happen? Yeah. And it's because you diligently put money away. Um, so. That's kind of the like the establishing foundation of the story. And I apologize if that feels really dry and boring. But there's something very empowering to me, especially I think as a woman, to be able to say like, yeah, if something went wrong, I could take care of myself right now for a little while. I'm throwing money into my retirement. I don't I don't need anybody. I don't need my parents. I don't need my partner. Like I am self-sufficient. Right. Um, there's something really empowering about that. And I think for a while I lived this life where I was like, okay, and every penny that I don't desperately need is going to go into, you know, savings or I'm not going to have a budget. And all of a sudden, like I kind of spend through my money and I don't really know exactly where it's going. Um, but within the last year, I have been like, no, you know what? (laughs) Me buying clothes, me getting my hair done. Me going on vacation is a worthwhile investment. Like, I don't need to live for 65. And I also don't need to just, I, and I also don't need to live for today. I can live somewhere in the middle. And it's been really awesome to be able to be like, yeah, you know, we could save you and me together for a pretty nice vacation every year. Yeah. I can take care of a car payment when I have to get an obscene amount of work done on my, my poor Subaru Forester. Um, and we get to go out to Michelin starred restaurants multiple times a year because that is something that we prioritize and we make it happen. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're eating like, you know, garbage food the rest of the time. We're eating well at home too. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, financial planning is just about like empowering myself to, to establish a quality of life that is really rewarding to me. Right. 
And I think it's a conversation. Like, I don't mind doing the math and kind of saying, this feels right. Let's play around. Like, the first budget I ever put together, it was totally wrong for us. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't think, I think we'll only need, like, you know, $500 a month for groceries or something like that. And that's just not sustainable. Like, we live in Chicago. Groceries are more expensive than that. And we need more money. Um, And so now we have more. And that sustainably gets us through every month. Um. I also use like a budgeting tool within our bank called Simple, mm-hmm. um, which helps me allocate funds every paycheck to certain buckets of spending. So it's like an envelope budgeting system within like an online bank, a mobile bank application, which is fucking dope. Yep. And I don't know. I would be really curious to hear from like your experience, like what you see as like a pro or a con to kind of my dedication to this based on like what you've had what kind of financial life or structure you've had before well my background with finances is probably a little bit different i didn't have parents who encouraged me to save Mm -hmm. um the only instance where that really that i can recall was when like when i wanted to buy a playstation 2 yeah and this was back in 2001, mm-hmm. I essentially knew that it was coming out and that it was going to be a certain price Yeah, over a year in advance. And so my mom said, you should, you should get a job. Like, go apply for McDonald's. And I was 14. And she basically set up a bank account for me and we deposited my checks into the bank account. Yeah. And by the time the PlayStation 2 came out a year later, I was able to pay for it. I, I think the vast majority of it. She might have helped a little bit with some of the excess that I didn't plan for because I didn't realize what might go into it. Yeah. But at the very least, like I, I had that. But that was really my only ex- exposure because otherwise, like my dad didn't really talk about it, even though I knew he was more frugal. Mm-hmm. I always kind of sided with my mom, who was kind of like, I want to treat people and help people. Um, And like there was this sort of like lackadaisical perspective on uh, on money where it was like it doesn't really it doesn't matter. Um, Like the the saving of it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, And so I I learned, I think, to not value money Mm -hmm. as much. And I think on the one hand, I still agree with that. Like I don't put my personal like some people tie their own personal value or their measure of success on like what's in their bank account and they also tend to think about other people in yeah. positive or negative ways based on the the amount of money that they have totally and i think that's gross Agreed. like i think it's just it's something that feels very despicable to me and so i think for a while there was a lot of like resentment toward money and i have family members who are very much like this where they are selfish and all they care about is what's in it for them and what the bottom line is and i've seen them do pretty awful things yeah coupled with the sort of like atrocities that i see especially nowadays with the just insane wealth divide yeah. uh th- throughout the world i was gonna say in in this nation but throughout the world like it feels like a a moral failing of our society to allow some people to have so unbelievably much. Right. 
and so many people, so many more people to have uh, just endless struggles. Right. Feels wrong. That being said, that line of thinking, that sort of like detachment and the lack of financial acumen growing up led me to take on a significant amount of student loan debt Mm -hmm. um, where it just like didn't really register as these sort of like authority figures in the colleges and these loan providers were essentially saying like, this is fine. You're going to pay this off. And I was just kind of like, of course I will. This won't be a big deal. Right. Um, Because people are telling me that's fine. And then it dawned on me, especially as like I'm leaving college, I'm like, oh, shit, like I have so much to pay back. Yeah. Um, So money to me in my early adult years suddenly became this extra weight. So it wasn't just like I had this bad relationship with it because of sort of like my personal relationships in the past and what I've seen it do to other people. But I have this bad relationship now because it's now uh, this mountain that I must climb. Like I felt like I really just dug a hole for myself and that there's no real way to get out of it. Yeah. And so my experience by and large has been fraught where there is a lot of what I would say is trauma. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of sort of like fear and anxiety and overwhelming frustration definitely and that permeated my previous marriage like i've and like so many relationships that i've seen that like money issues play a huge part in why things go sour and i've slowly but surely i think gotten better i think a part of it was just like becoming more independent yeah. And having to kind of track things on my own. But in all fairness, like it's still something that gives me a lot of anxiety and dread. And so because of that, I think there is a level of gratitude that I feel toward you for having a very level-headed approach and being able to like help me feel okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like we we I think we tend to complement each other's styles in a number of different ways. Yeah. And financially speaking and making it feel like it's approachable. And while, yeah, it would be nice not to be stuck in this situation of like. I'm not going to cry if the debt magically disappears. Yes, absolutely. Like I. Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. Like I. I still feel a little bit of dread. There's still that anxiety. Um, but it does feel more manageable. Mm-hmm. And of course, yes, if if somebody were to snap their fingers and all the debt went away, like no consequence, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right. That's great. Um, but like, I think you your emphasis and your like your your understanding of it, like I think you tend to grasp these concepts so much better and can make it feel uh, accessible. Um, which has been really helpful for me f- having what feels like a much healthier relationship with money. That's great. And I think that that's something that like for me was so important was like defining what a healthy relationship with money looks like. Mm-hmm. Because like in all sorts of relationships um, and all sorts of like boundaries that I set, like I do have this tendency to be like on one side of the spectrum 
180, realize that doesn't feel quite right either, and then some find like some balance in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like with money, it was like I used to basically, I mean, almost literally give it away. Right. And then for a while, it was like I can't spend any of it. I have to be militaristic about this. And then I very quickly was like, that's not a life I want either. Right. And I was able to find like this middle ground. And so I think it's this idea of saying like, you know what? Like, yeah, like we should have the flexibility to treat ourselves. If you want to buy those shoes, like you should be able to buy those shoes. Now, I'm not saying that like we're going to go out and buy shoes today. I think it's something where you're like, I'm interested in these shoes and I can go, great. We probably let's take a look at the numbers. I don't know if we can make it happen right now, but we get paid next Wednesday. Like, let's do that then. And so, like, I think it's I think it's about defining, like, what's really important to you. Um, And I think that there are people who often live in this, like, really short-sighted way where they're like, no, I want to go to Greece every year. Right. Um, And I and it's like either those people don't have student loan debt or they aren't investing in their future or they make a lot more money than I do. And I don't know how any of those things happen. Right. Um, But I think it's also like, you know, we can get this kind of social media lens on everybody else's life where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, I should be able to go to Greece every year. And because I can't, I'm a failure. And now I'm resentful. And now I'm spending money out of resentment because I want to have that life. And with like the debt situation, like it's we have a combined together, we have a significant amount of debt. And I think it's about being able to like frame it in a way where it's like, yep, that's that's the circumstances we have. And it does not matter if I hate it or I love it. Um, It's not going to change the number. Right. Um, But if I can reframe it for myself so that it's not such an awful thing, then my quality of life just improves and I learn to live with it. Yeah. Um, and we say this as people who are fortunate enough yeah. to live where we do with yep. the cost of living that we do, but also yep. like the jobs that we have, like recognizing that like the situation that we're in. It's incredibly privileged. Yes. And that there are people who do live day to day wondering where the money for the next meal is going to come from Correct. or how they're going to you know, be able to feed their kids or like buy the supplies they need to like just run their lives. Because there is debt or there isn't enough money. Like, so there's still that element of self-awareness. Yeah, Yeah, no, and I really appreciate you calling that out because sometimes I can get stuck in my own world and I'm like, you know, yeah, and we're doing what we've got. We're doing what we can with what we've got. Right. Um, And I think that it's one of those things, and, and I think I've talked about this with cooking too, where people get, it's an, it's a daunting thing. It is a life skill to be financially literate, Mm -hmm. assuming that you have the right resources. And and like, it's also a life skill to be able to cook and people get so afraid of doing it wrong that they don't do it at all. Right. Yep. And so I think if I could encourage anyone just to, with whatever resources they have, financially speaking, to sit down and be intentional with your budget. Um, and that might be shoestring. And that is something that I haven't had to do in a long time, um, if ever, because like I always if like if I needed to, I had the I had the at least the knowledge that I could rely on my parents if I absolutely needed them. Right. Um, I did shoestring for a while when I first moved to Chicago. Like it was pretty paycheck to paycheck with like no savings or anything like that. Yeah. But um But like, yeah, if you can be at least intentional about your budget and not just be like, well, the dollars are there, so I'm going to spend them. Right. Um, 
I think that you can you can learn how to be the master of your budget rather than your bud that rather than your money being the master of you. Hopefully, yeah. and there's also like like you were saying like financial literacy is mm-hmm. a, a life skill that you need to develop, and right. luckily we're at a point where those types of resources are available. Like yeah. something even like Nerd Wallet. Uh, right. which is a great website for kind of understanding finances just yeah. across the board. Yeah, for free. Yeah, is a great free resource. Um, not that we're sponsored by them. It sounds like Mm-mm. I was going into an ad read, but uh, <laughs> we don't, we have 30 audience members. <laughs> there's no money. Yeah, there's um, no money. <laughs> there's no sponsorships. Um, but something like NerdWallet, mm-hmm. I think has been helpful for me in the past. And I know you were just using like their yep. debt calculator recently. Definitely. They also have like really great recommendations like you if you trust them you can put in your your information they can give you a credit score yep and then also give you recommendations or give you projections of certain things that you can do to up your credit score if your credit score is important to you and your livelihood um yeah i mean like i hope that this isn't coming across as tone deaf um like that would be and i and i want to know if it is yeah um but i think for me on my journey and recognizing again that like I'm I am paid well I can stand on my own two feet like I have like a lot of benefits there um but being more intentional about how I save and how I spend my money has been one of the greatest gifts for me and like it just has offered me a sense of stability and a plan and even if it's like, and I mean, like I'm talking about living like over a decade in the future for being debt free, but it's like, but I have that mark. Yep. Like I have that goal um, and I have a plan and like, you know, that, that plan could be upended by any number of things, but I can't plan for every scenario or every variable that could possibly interfere with it. Yeah. Um, and I now, because of like my dedication to staying on top of it and like thinking about it fairly regularly and checking in and seeing how things are doing, um, I feel confident that like if something upends my plan that I can handle that too. And it might not be pretty, but like I will do everything I can to have like a grasp of the situation, which is really the like I can only control my response to that. Right. And that like, yeah, and it's just given me a lot of happiness to be like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, like this is the kind of life that I can afford myself right now while still being responsible and thinking about my future. Yeah. So I appreciate you trusting me with it. And I appreciate you letting me talk with you about it, because I think there was this apprehension and this fear for a long time about money. And an immense amount of regret um, on your part with yeah. with your financial history. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, it's been really, it's been really awesome to me to see you be like, oh, like I want, like I want to do this thing and I'm going to plan on it in right. advance. And now I feel like I, and I can do it. And like, I like, you know, you know that that security is there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for so long, anything that I wanted to do with money, especially for something for me, yeah, there was a lot of shame associated with it. Mm. And I think for a long time that, especially in like previous relationship, that tended to manifest in me taking on 
debt and secreting that away. Mm. Um, and that just gave me more anxiety because right, I because was because you have more debt. Yeah, more yeah. debt, but also like knowing that that's like I'm just making it more difficult for myself down the road when right. I have to come clean and say like I've been doing this. Um, not a healthy, productive behavior at all. No. Um, but it's something that like, and it's a hard habit to break. Like I know that like I have a lot of credit card debt right now because there was still a lot of that sort of like, oh, I'll take care of it. You know, right. um, it's been a, a slow journey, but feeling like, like seeing your approach to things has been really enlightening. And it's like, I kind of wish I knew this, you know, five to 10 years ago before sure. I started digging this hole for myself. But at the same time, um, seeing that we can handle it now under the current circumstances makes it feel a lot less shameful. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been helpful. Yeah. And I think it's also like, I think the environment as it exists right now, there's a lot of like, man, you know, these, these people who are like, I, I don't know how people in private loan careers separate their humanity from the work that they do. Oh, yeah. Because I have to believe that there are human beings in there, but I cannot imagine a human being telling a child to take on $300,000 of loan debt to pay for, like, you know, this $75,000 a year college, right? Like, right. you know, um, because college is really fucking expensive. Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> I've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I know that this is normally we're trying to really be positive on this show and think about the things that we love. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. But like. But yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. And I but anyway, I think the dialogue out there is very much like how could we screw these kids over? Like we were children when we were saddled with this kind of debt. Right. And we had no grasp yeah. of the consequences. At least most of us, it seems, did not. Right. Yeah. Even those of us who, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Even those of us who didn't get saddled with debt, I don't think can understand the immensity of it. Yeah. You know? So, um, but Yeah. A little bit of a of a complicated, maybe not so purely joyful, um, but financial literacy and planning has really turned into a joyful thing for me. Yeah, it seems to. I mean, just mm -hmm. again, the way that your face lit up when you started talking about just these little things. Yeah, but I mean, you, I, it's like you it's, get excited routinely. Yeah, about like, oh, I've moved this, this, and this around, and this is like, this is how we can like we can be debt free in thirteen years or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Right, and so I don't know. It's um. It's one of those things where, um, and I and I think a, a a motivation for me truly has been this relationship, yeah. Like the the lack of transparency or the lack of control or the lack of say that I think that you have suggested that you've had in the past around your finances, while simultaneously being riddled with a lot of anxiety and guilt yeah uh, or shame is something that like i felt really inspired to influence in a positive way yeah and like i realized that i had the tools and like i realized that it seemed pretty straightforward to me and that i could be pretty practical about it and that like you know it was really important to you to be able to live your life now 
Um, and it was really important for me to be able to save for the future. And so finding that middle ground um, ended up being pretty, pretty easy and I think successful. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I'm glad that it's been a positive thing for you because like that was really a big source of inspiration for me is like I was like, no, it doesn't have to be bad. Like we can we can figure out how it's good. Right. We can find a way for it to be good. And it kind of feels that way, which is like really fucking gratifying. Yeah. You know? And so like each little step or or plan just brings like that that debt free reality or that like, yeah, we we get to live in the now and for our future at the same time reality, like closer to the surface. Yep. You know, live the live the life that you want. Yeah. Thank you for asking me this question. I know it's maybe not our most lighthearted topic. Right. But um, I think it's important. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of like cooking where it's just kind of there are resources out there and there are things that you can try. And like as long as you don't intentionally set something on fire, you're probably going to be able to recover. Right. You know, like as long as you keep you got to keep you just got to keep a watchful eye. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, if you have if you're listening and you have any questions about like our financial practices or the tools or systems that we use, I'm clearly very happy to talk about it. Yeah. Um and I I love like my my good friend I'm going to call her out again. My good friend Tatiana and I talk about like financial systems and practices and budgeting and all that good stuff. Um we kind of started this major budgeting journey together. Um so yeah, I've got some good tools and systems from her. And like I would be I would be happy, happy to talk about like little steps that you can take to like gain a little bit more control over your money. Yeah. And I will give you compliments. Yay. Oh, subreddit, personal finance. That's another good one. Oh, Go there. Yeah. yeah. Subreddit. Subreddit. Personal finance. Nerdwallet.com. Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. We are accepting sponsorships. We don't currently have any. Yeah, like I'm happy to take money. (laughs) You know? Yeah, hustle. All right, I got to go run five miles. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.